St. Stephen Walbrook was built as a Reformation church and one of the indicators that that is so are the relative sizes of the communion table at the east end and the pulpit here. The size of the pulpit indicates the importance that was placed on the hearing of God's word while the small size of the communion table at the east end reflects the concern of the reformers that communion was celebrated in a way that made clear that no sacrifice was being made. It is also for this same reason that the canons of the Church of England state that communion should be celebrated from a table, not an altar. And this was part of Reformation debates as to what happened at communion and what it was that was being celebrated. The Reformation position of the Church of England was made clear in the Book of Common Prayer, which states that no adoration is intended or ought to be done either unto the sacramental bread or wine there bodily received or unto any corporal presence of Christ's natural flesh and blood. For the sacramental bread and wine remain still in their very natural substances and therefore may not be adored, for that were idolatry to be abhorred of all faithful Christians. And the natural body and blood of our Saviour Christ are in heaven and not here, it being against the truth of Christ's natural body to be at one time in more places than one. These issues and debates then became central to changes made to the building here at St. Stephen Walbrook in the 1970s and 80s with the introduction of the Henry Moore altar and the circular reordering of the space under the dome. The ecclesiastical court cases regarding the Moore altar centered on that canon uh, of the Church of England which states that communion must be celebrated at a table, not an altar. And they revolved around the extent to which this altar, the Moore altar, resembled either a sacrificial altar or a communion table. Eventually it was agreed that the Moore altar could be defined as a communion table an agreement was then given for its permanent installation here. The size and position of Moore's altar does, however, change the original dynamic in the building between the Lord's table and the pulpit, which, as we thought, was reflective of the reformers' theology. And it changes it in favor of a more contemporary theology, that of the parish communion movement, which successfully made Holy Communion the principal act of worship in parish churches instead of morning and evening prayer. By carving a round altar table with forms cut into the circular sides, Henry Moore was suggesting that the center of the church reflected the dome of the rock in Jerusalem, which commemorates the sacrifice of Abraham and Isaac as a prefiguring of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. 
and also that the place for the offering of the Eucharist was at the very heart of Christian worship. So this place is now designed for people to gather as a community around the altar where God in the Eucharist can be found at the very center. The debates initiated by the reformers therefore continue into our current understandings and practices regarding the celebration of the Eucharist and the gathering of God's people in worship. At one end of those debates was the understanding that communion is purely a remembering of Christ's sacrifice, while at the other is the understanding that it is a repeating of Christ's sacrifice. These, however, are not the only ways of understanding how Jesus is present in the Lord's Supper and what is accomplished when it is celebrated. To my mind, it really takes an artist to understand how sacraments operate. And for me, the artist, uh, that artist is the Roman Catholic painter and poet David Jones. I'd like us to reflect briefly on his writing about the sacraments and as we do so to remember that a sacrament is as St. Augustine stated an outward and visible sign of an inward and invisible grace. Now for David Jones the key word in regard to the Eucharist is anamnesis which means to represent an existing reality under a different mode. And it is therefore to do with the recalling, representation, and remembering of an original act or object in a form that is different from, but connected to that original act or object that is being recalled. So, remembering the Lord's Supper is not simply recalling it to mind. Instead, we remember it by reenacting and representing the original act. The original act is a once for all act, but it can be recreated and represented in our Eucharistic celebrations. We use a different form to bring that past act into the present in a way that means we encounter, receive, and respond to that original act afresh. We are therefore doing more than simply recalling that act in our minds, but at the same time are not repeating the act in its original form in the present. Now David Jones went on to develop an understanding of art based on anamnesis which viewed all art as sacramental because the signs made by artists are the things signified under the forms of their particular art. Artwork, the artwork is the original object or action that has been represented but in a different form, meaning that it is both the thing and a different thing at one and the same time. And in the same way, at the Lord's Supper, 
the bread and wine are both simply bread and wine and also the body and blood of Christ at one and the same time. In the introduction to his long poem entitled The Anathemata, Jones wrote that words like remembrance or memorial have for us a connotation of something absent which is only mentally recalled. But in the scriptures of both the Old and New Testament, anamnesis and its cognate verb have a sense of recalling before God an event in the past so that it becomes here and now operative by its effect. His poem begins and ends with the celebration of the mass in London during wartime. In between, he explores the elements which go to form that particular celebration of the mass, the very particular political and civilizational conditions of Rome which led to the sacrifice of the cross, combined with the resultant fusion of Jewish, Greco-Roman, Germanic and Celtic cultures. And his survey of those elements eventually leads him back to the celebration of the mass in wartime London meaning that, as Kathleen Stort notes, the ending of the anathemata insists that there is something constant in the gestures of offering that Christ, priest, and poet have made and make at all times, regardless of the products of that gesture. And on this basis, the bread and wine of the Lord's Supper is at once a thing in itself, part of the world of flesh and form, and also a representation, a showing again of the original act under another form. Just as in the incarnation, Christ brings the human and divine together in his body, so in the Lord's Supper, the material and the eternal are brought together in the act of making a sign and in the remembering, recalling, re-enacting and re-presentation of that sign, we receive the original reality of the sign but in a different form. And in this way, the outward and visible sign of the Eucharist works an inward and invisible grace in us. Jesus comes to us in the form of bread and wine, and all who receive his sacrament, all who receive the sacrament, receive his body and blood. May it be so for each one of us. Amen.